Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Well, hi, everyone. Dean Blankenship joins the show today to talk about his debut book, Looking Inwards for a Better Life. The book is about looking inward and going past the superficial to find your purpose. And before we get started, here's the inside scoop on the author. Dalton Dean Blankenship is from Oklahoma and graduated with a bachelor's degree in nutritional sciences, along with a master's in health and human performance, health promotions. He used mostly his life lessons and experience to write his book, To say what was a labor of love is an understatement, and what author can't say that? It is a sign of the marathon that is writing. And you can learn more about Dean and his work at hopesanddean.com. Well, hi, Dean. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to learning a little more about your book. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about maybe the core message and what inspired you to write it? Well, the core message is trying to be honest with yourself of what you want, what you need. And I don't think most people know what they want or need, especially these days. There's lots of confusion. And the real reason I wrote it was I did eight years of college and I can't get a job. (laughs) And I keep thinking, was it me or was it something else that made me feel that? I keep thinking I set myself up for failure, trying to go off other people's, you know, love or commitment or understanding you know i went outside myself and i'm the only one in this race and just i know a lot of people with the same feelings and i thought to myself maybe there's a lot of other situations you know like a, a business a marriage a friendship like anything what you think you thought you know your reality when it meant reality it just got knocked out you know what i mean just got destroyed with you know yeah nothing's gonna hit you harder than reality i learned that the hard way <laughs> yeah so true so your book just came out recently. When did you actually sit down and, and decide, I'm going to write a book about this? Well, I was very angry. I mean, as any, I think anybody should be, you know, at myself, myself. And I thought to myself, I remember that quote I put in my first book, you know, every man should plant a tree, write a book, have a child, because it'll last you. And mm. I was like, why not? I was also inspired by Miyamoto Musashi, who I heard around my age, was when he wrote his first book, The Book of Five Rings. Yeah, wow. Did you kind of have an idea of what you were going to write about? Tell me a little bit about your process, how it all came to be. Well, I have my degree in health promotions, more of a mental aspect or, you know, motivation and drive. A lot of my stuff was over those subjects and, you know, the details in them. And I thought to myself, I see a lot of people around me and hear about where people don't want to start stuff. There's a lack of risk-taking behavior. And I just want to help people with that if I could, mm-hmm. if I really could try just to throw my hat in the ring and see what happens. Okay, great. So let's kind of dig into uh, what's inside your book a little bit then. But first, I want to talk about the cover. I really love the cover. You've got a white wolf and a profile of a man. What is the significance of that to the the content, the message of your book? 
Well, if you should know, I got it from Reedsy from a professional called Xavier Comos. Mm. Great man, great, great artist. I can't draw to save my life, but I might have to learn. And I thought to myself, we're always suppressed. We're always told different. You know, we're like a sheep, you know, led around, you know, pushed around, told what to do and just follow the herd. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I don't think it's our fault we have bad shepherds. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I chose that because I keep thinking that man, you know, man or woman has to be purpose driven. We need purpose. We're one of the few creatures, I believe, in this whole world that has a purpose. And I thought the wolf also had a purpose, to hunt. Yeah, yeah. The artist did a fantastic job. I don't know. It makes you want to look inside. So, and it, look inside well, the book. He wants you to sink your teeth into it, pun intended. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about, is it a self-help? Is it a kind of a combination self-help memoir style? And, and how would you suggest that readers kind of take your book and work through it to find their own purpose? Well, it's self-help inspirational with a dash of philosophy. Okay. A lot of it was from different sources, Eastern and Western ideas and thinkers. And I believe that they should just really look inward, look really deep and be like, what do you really want? Because I've heard, you know, life's crazy person can get destitute one day be a rich man the next and back to no back to that again it just it's how it happens you don't know you can't see it coming but in this storm of life you can choose to be your own rock you can choose to be the cornerstone you know that's why i said cornerstone conundrum because that's what i think a lot of people are going through that's a, i don't know if mm -hmm. that's why i try to trademark i put in there because i'm like this unfulfillment you know that you see the smile on the outside what's on the inside though it's hard to smile on the inside, if you ask me. A yeah. lot hard. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it, it seems like it's harder for people in today's world to look inside themselves because there are so many outside influences. All right, well, let's look at the common, you know, the common American dream or the old American dream, which I think has kind of set sail, if you ask me. You go to school, you get good grades, you go to college, you get a good job. You get married, you get the white picket fence, two kids, a dog, and a house. And I think that has just been drilled into people, but I don't see that with today's, all the things happening today at this exact moment in time, in history, it's just not feasible for a lot of people, you know? Right. And I've known a lot of people that go quite divergent across the path that people have laid for them or have been told to go, you know, for better or worse. Right. At least they have the courage to do it. So how would you, how does your process or the process you talk about in the book lead you to self-discovery through introspection to gain that more fulfilling life? What does that look like? Well, I wrote extensively about the uh, feelings and illusions in the book and how we get power them. And we just, you can't live life fleeing on feelings. And I believe we live in a world that values appearance over actual and fantastical over factual, mm -hmm. honestly. And yeah, it's like, I don't have a lot of the same wants and needs as you would need or your staff or my friends. You know what I mean? It's just all different. We're all unique. You know what right. I mean? We shine brighter, shine dimmer with the different color. We all shine, we should all shine the same. Right, right. What strategies would you suggest for people in today's world? I'd say take a deep breath and really think about what you feel when you are participating in 
your activities, hobbies, just like really look why you're doing things. Like, you know what I mean? Like the real reason. Do you have a job for you, your family, for your hobbies? Like how much do you really need to survive? You know what I mean? How much do you need to be happy or, you know, satisfied or content? Mm-hmm. You know, fulfillment. You can't put price. You can't really prescribe purpose. I just don't really believe in that there's one like happiness or one true purpose. There's so many others, you know, like I, when I went to college, I thought I could help people, but I don't know. It's like, I keep trying to help people and try to talk to them, but just, I don't, I'm getting burned out on it, honestly. And it's just like, how can I make myself fulfilled? What do I really want? And I chose art this time. Mm. You know, a lot of people are going through that. I'm, interested in you know what is the cause for all this i mean you talk about the all-american dream the wife the house the two kids or you know 2.5 kids in the picket fence and if you go to college if you do this this and this and you're going to get all these things and that's not necessarily true anymore in today's world as you said do you outline steps in your book to discover your purpose that's what the examples the, the exercises were for i put in there just to get some ideas like what do you really want to do like do you have like take me i'm in oklahoma mm-hmm. there's not a lot of jobs for degrees all my friends left every last one of them mm. so that was kind of a wake-up call to me i stayed in this state for my uncle who was had cancer and diabetes and i had taken the chemo okay. and i really loved helping him I love staying with them, but these days I just don't see the point. I mean, it's a two-way street. Like, your purpose should help you and you should help it. It's like, what makes you feel fulfilled? What makes you feel committed? What keeps you going? What makes you want to wake up? What, what wakes you in the morning keeps you awake at night all through the day? Like, what? what is it? Yeah. How does your uh, concept that respect is more valuable than money interact with the dynamics of modern society and, you know, the influence of social media? Well, a lot of people I know personally, and I've heard about a lot of people saying that they always want to be a billionaire or a millionaire. And it's just like, why? <laughs> yeah. Look at our money now, inflation, all that, and all these, you know, and I, I lost a lot of family during COVID among my uncle and it just kind of opened my eyes to money. I've had, a very odd relationship with money in my family. It's never been really a positive, mm. honestly. It changes people. Yeah. I think a lot of people look to material things to fulfill them. But, you know, it's like once you have that thing, then you're not happy with it anymore. You got to look for the next thing to make you happy. That's not where we find happiness. No, that's why I think we all have a void. Whether we like it or not, we have this void in ourselves that mm-hmm. deeper deeper part of us because i want to grow up be a voice actor and i got told that was stupid <laughs> oh yeah that's an interesting choice which is in high demand with audiobooks and everything's online everything is digital which would require you know voice actors so you didn't pursue that because someone told you not to Yes, it was somebody close to me, very close, who told me it was stupid, and I thought how hard it was to break into the scene, you know what I mean, and just, what do I really do, and I thought, I love science, I'm good with, you know, nutrition, I lost 100 plus pounds by myself, after doing some deep study, I'm looking at insulin instead of fat, insulin is the most anabolic steroid in the human body, and I looked past losing weight to getting control of insulin, like stop drinking pop, eating less, eating less bad things, fully up good things, and 
just did a whole deep study on it. Got off medicine, went to wrestling for two years, track for two years, and just packed that fat. Wow. That's amazing. Yes, and that's what got me into, because I'm like, I, if I could just give somebody this feeling, because we're, obesity's going up, okay? That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And other maladies, and I've known family members that have gotten horrible, and friends have gotten horrible, just because they didn't care, take care of themselves. I thought, maybe I could help somebody. Maybe I could, take, maybe I could just help them. Mm-hmm. Make, like, add years to their lives, and life their years, you know, which is a quote by psychosyronist Max Metzer, who's also a big hero of mine in psychology. And I thought, People want to be happy and healthy, but I always hear excuses or I can't do this, I can't do that, and just, it just really kind of hurts, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. You're really passionate about helping people, and it's a little frustrating is kind of what I'm hearing. So is your book the first step in this? I know you've done other things to help people before. You mentioned your uncle, and um, but is this book kind of an extension of your way to help people? Well... A lot of people talk about core values these days. I believe one of mine is being kind. It's really non-negotiable. I really, I can't do it. I can't really watch something starve. It's just not in me. And I don't know. A lot of people just think about themselves, about what they want. It's just like, I was willing to go out there and be, you know, not a saint, not Mother Teresa 2.0, but just help a few people out. And Oklahoma is one of those unhealthiest states in the country, honestly, you know what I mean? Mm, as far as just like um, physical health or, or mental health uh, or diabe- both? Or, yeah. Oh, diabetes and I and all that. I just, I don't know, I just wanted to help that. If I could just lower some numbers down and make some people happy inside out. Like if you have a happy body, you have a happy mind and there you go. That's health as wealth. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I guess it depends on the person and what they're looking for when they go into reading your book. But are there certain practices or mindsets that would really apply to everyone, like as a first step? Well, that's a good question. I'll have the best answer I can. I'll give it to you right now. There's 16 chapters in the book. And the one that took the longest, the one that isn't really a chapter, I'll get that in a minute, is the one on purpose. And there's exercises there like you have to show up. That no matter what's going to happen, you're going to be here. You're going to show up. You're going to get the work done no matter what. Rain, shine, heck or high water, it doesn't matter. And that last one was not me really writing a book. It was me talking to the person as best I could. Oh, okay. I tried to infuse that book with a lot of energy, and that last part was where the fuse kind of just went boom. I mean, a lot of people are flaky. They ghost people. There's tons of terms for it. And just, I don't know, if you don't show up, what can you do if you don't show up? Like, just something really simple. And digging down deep to get to that really, that core, what you want, who you are. Because I'm having second thoughts about my degree, honestly. I'm thinking about writing a book on that one day, too. If I was alone, that'd be one thing, but I know I'm not. Yeah. Have you had a lot of feedback on your book from someone who's read it and said, wow, thank you for this, or the opposite? What kind of feedback have you heard so far from readers? Well, I've heard... It's very deep and thoughtful on my Amazon page. I have about 20 reviews, 4.7. Pretty good for a first book, I think. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, I. they say it look, helps them look inward and thinking about this and going past society and what What do you really want without society, you know, having your glasses on you, your perspective prescription that was given to you instead of you putting them on, taking them off yourself, you know, blind leading the blind, that kind of thing. Mm. And just, I don't know, I'm hoping that book was for the younger generation. 
what do they think they should do, what they can do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are several elements that contribute to this, but I, I feel like the younger generation really does have a big challenge. How do you find your true self and then kind of stay true to yourself in our present society? Well, I'd say become alone for a little bit with your thoughts. Get bored. A lot of people don't want to do that. They always want to go to the next thing. Instant gratification this, instant gratification that. No one wants to just sit down and think why. The who, the what, the when, the where, and the how. And just confront yourself. Like, which version of yourself do you want to be? And what does that entail? You know, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort, and a lot of people don't want to put the effort in. But this book was trying to get a primer for them. Okay. I think the biggest problem, and you touched on it a little bit earlier, is identification. You know, this path is not uh, for everyone. So whether you want to be a scholar or you want to go to a trade school or what, and this is just the work field. This is not even touching on any other aspects of your life. How do you stay true to yourself? I think adding value to anything is a really nice purpose to do. You know what I mean? It's what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. And not being like a drag but being like somebody could trust because that's getting rare these days i can't commit why i don't know i have my theories but they're very personal mm -hmm. and yeah it goes both ways the inwards and the outwards you know like you're not feeling unfulfilled you're not feeling satisfied you're not feeling you know i'm more inquisitive than indictive you know what i mean that's how i am as person mm -hmm. and just you what's about you you know you know what i mean without all the fluff all the talk just looking in the mirror and that deeper reflection of yourself without all the gunk all the trash all the everything else gunkied up with that clear water getting the reflection back yeah you've got to work towards what you want if you identify something you want you've got to work towards it it's not just going to happen yeah. yes you're both the chisel and the sculpture that's what mm. i believe you know both ways. Yeah. How do you recommend people stick to their goals once they determine what that is? Make a promise to yourself. Make a promise. Again, promise of purpose. Again, you're going to be there every day, no matter what, no matter what happens, no matter who happens. You're just not going to be shaken. Yeah. That takes work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess in discussing expectations, Realistic expectations. How do you suggest that our readers balance this with their well-being? Well, let me give you an example about the book. I asked a lot of friends for the cover. Personally, I asked them what the cover they wanted. They all picked that one, mm. which I thought was good anyway. And none of them read it. Oh, Not none of them, them read the read. book? No, only my cousin and my aunt have read the whole thing, give me decent feedback. Like, my aunt said it had a positive vibe, a really positive vibe. Mm-hmm. And I have a hard time dealing with positivity. I mean, just rampant positivity. It should be like a reason, you know what I mean? There should be purpose. There shouldn't be just, oh, she just smile. That can actually hurt people. There's been studies on it, the fake smile, you know? Oh, yeah. When you say that, I thought about like looking at someone's Facebook page, for example, and life is good. Everyone's happy all the time. And, you know, but if you were to look at their real lives behind the social media page, it's not always what you're seeing. Um, yeah. Also, I think social media breeds envy, honestly. I mean, you know, like, I got a better vacation, better car than this person. I think that's just a consequence of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Parasite is the heart of jealousy. Yeah. What are the core principles from your book? Do you see as most applicable in, in practical settings? Persistence, resolve, which would be an evolved form of persistence, patience, understanding, compassion both ways, and feeling that it's the 10th round, you got two more. Just being honest with yourself. Well, being honest with yourself, you kind of hit on another point. It's like, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's hard to be honest with yourself too. So you have to start there. And all of these things that are in your book are things that you work toward that they're not just going to happen overnight. Again, like you said. This book isn't, I'm not a genie. I can't grant wishes. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Now, one thing I thought was interesting is you invite readers to recognize and learn from history. What role does history play in moving forward and finding one's purpose? Did you make a difference? Did they make a difference? And how does history help with that? Well, it just shows people that did it. They were written. They were remembered. Like the founding fathers of America. Okay. Industry leaders of cars and stuff. Like they'd made, they did something. They took an undertaking and they saw it through. So we can learn from history. Of course, because again, the world is changing, but again, hard work never goes out of style, as my grandma would say. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, exactly. Now, can you talk about, I guess, kind of the paradox of seeking like personal enlightenment in a society that may not value that journey? I'd say that I can see that enlightenment is hard to get. It's not the final step, in my opinion. There's many others, but just... Finding purpose should be the first step to getting to enlightenment or a higher understanding of yourself in the world. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from Miyamoto Musashi's Dakota, The Art of Walking Alone, is consider yourself lightly, consider the world deeply. Hmm. So interpret that for us. Well, I'm just a human. I'm just a very insightful, curious being. That's just kind of the creature I am. Mm -hmm. I always like hunting looking for purpose, looking for bigger game or bigger bigger obstacles to conquer and just keep going higher and higher, seeing how far I can go if I just don't count the costs. If I just give everything I've got, there's nothing left over to feel bad about, literally. Mm. Wow. How do you stay in that mindset? Well, let me give you a, when I wrote the book, it started off very hard. It very much did. But the more I did it, the easier it got, the more it flowed. The more it felt natural and my fingers were just typing a will of their own. The book wrote itself, I felt like. It just came out of my soul. It was wanting to get out there, and it, it happened. Wow. That's amazing. I've heard that before from other authors. You can't get more authentic than that. <laughs> one day, I actually did 30 pages on my book in one day. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was on Christmas Day. It's a long story. It was just a bad Christmas, but a good day to write. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great, though. I mean, not yeah. that it was a bad Christmas, but that, you know, you found something positive to do with it, and it actually took you kind of deeper into your writing. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people I don't think do. They always get angry or have some negative emotion, and they just stew in it, or even a positive one. If they don't do anything, it doesn't matter. All the energy in the world doesn't matter if it's wasted. Yeah, that's true. So much common sense in this conversation. <laughs> I've been accused of crazier things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm just an old soul. And again, hard work never goes out of style. And just, you shouldn't have to look at others and have their smile be yours. Or Because yes, I have a kind of a crazy life and you shouldn't look for acceptance outside of yourself. You know, meditation, compassion, interdependence, and expansiveness. 
are really my four key things I want to do. And it sounds like you are constantly searching to kind of just move up to the next level. I mean, I'm a very odd person. I don't find a lot of things matter in life to a point. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I have a nice car. I have a nice house. What's what's the point? Like, I have a house. It serves its function just as well as yours. Doesn't look as nice. Not as big, but eh. Mm-hmm. Materialism again. Yeah. Which is very big, very big these days. Yeah, absolutely. We define ourselves by our things. How do you believe what you've laid out in looking inwards for a better life uh, can inspire societal change? Well, I try to make it straightforward. Try to cut through the mist, the haze, the distortions in our lives to really get to the meat and potatoes of it all. Not the bread or the salad bar, but the real stuff, you mm. know. And that these were just some tenets, I believe, in my opinion, are just ideas. Because, again, I think people are obsessed with money, status, appearance, and just, it's just sad that people just put so much effort in things that just don't really, like, I'm not going to be remembered when I wore my shirt on Tuesday, right? But my book or things like that could be remembered. Mm -hmm. And it's not our intended purpose, but our actions that define us. And a lot of people don't want to take action these days. <laughs> yeah. Are we becoming mediocre? Complacent. Yeah. Is a better way. I just don't like low standards. My uncle was a carpenter, and my grandmother was a very good accountant and a secretary, and they always had that, oh, this better be this way or that way. It's not good enough. But I think a lot of people don't want to have standards because people are going to hold them accountable for them, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And they're hard, but they keep us principled. They keep us honest. Yeah. You talk about the ancient wisdom of know thyself. How do you interpret that in the context of our modern society? Well, growing up, I was told what I needed to do, what I needed to be, you know, a lot of the times, as we all are, you know. Your father was an engineer, you're an engineer. Your father was a carpenter, you're a carpenter, you know, just like mm. we're pushed on to stuff and we don't know what we want, you know, what we need to do, you know. It's like, this will make me money and be safe, but will I be happy? Will the stress of the job take away from the joy of it, from having money? And, like, I think you reach just kind of, like, a critical point where, like, it really doesn't matter, you know, because there's actually a study where you only make so much money and be happy, and that's it, you know what I mean? After that, it doesn't matter. But what gets you up in the morning, what gets you off the ground when life knocks you down, that's what I think should go all around. That's lasting. Yeah, I don't know if this book would be a bestseller or something, but, like, the people who read it, they seem to like it. It seemed to help them. They seem to care. Well, I feel like if you write a self-help book and you help even one person, that it's a success. You know? Yes, of course. I guess if there would be like one thing that you hope readers will take away from looking inwards for a better life, what would that be? Well, don't let the infinitesimal keep away from the infinite inside you. We're, again, we're one of the few creatures that can can control our destiny, whether we like it or not. We have to own that. We have to live with it. Mm -hmm. We make our choices. Okay. So what is next for you as an author? Are you, you mentioned another book. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Well, I want this one book to really sell and get noticed, get an audience built up around. Hopefully it's very hard. It's hard, a lot harder than I thought. I didn't put that in the book. This new one. It's called Don't Become Prey. I'm about 50 pages in. It's a companion slash sequel to the first one. Okay. 
the first book dealt more with society and what it tells us. And the second one's more on the individual. I'll give you a few previews. Stay away from passive people. Don't be told to wait. And pursuit requires sacrifice. And be remembered as somebody who didn't wait. Again, that whole passive, non-risk-taking behavior. Mm. Wow. So it's a continuation of what you've done in your first book. Well, the first one is to get you out of the forest and the trees and get get out to the field where you can see your prey or your goal and chase after it like a wolf. You know, I even write about the mindset of a wolf. You have to adapt. You have to learn. You have to change to get what you want. It's your destiny not to become prey. You have to prove it because okay. that way, because you're prey, you don't have a destiny. You've been chosen. It's been chosen for you. Mm, okay. Yeah. It's more aggressive. The first book I wrote was much more aggressive, and this is a little more duller edge to that one i need to get my feelings out just how i really feel yeah so will it be the in this, the same type of format more like like self-help but then you combine your own stories yes and they get much more personal okay i mean i don't use names and just i really i write about my experience with college at the at last chapter for about about 10 pages into that and about halfway done with that just how i've felt what I've seen and what has caught, what has caused me those anguish and agony that I've done to myself. Mm. I have to sign for it, you know, whether I like it or not. Mm. Do you have a publication date in mind? It should come out next year, hopefully. Okay. So what has been your biggest challenge as a new author? Expectations. Mm. I thought people would read my book that I knew and that just didn't happen. So I actually, again, had those same people pick the cover. So... Mm. But other people are reading it, and it sounds like you have a good response on Amazon. That's 20-something reviews. That's pretty good so far because it hasn't yes. been out that long, so that's great. Yeah. I went to Pubby. Have you ever heard of Pubby, the review site? I have. I have for authors. You that's know. what I've been, I've been using. I've been reading a lot of good books and giving feedback. It's really, it's really nice. I try to keep as long as I can. Yeah, that's great That's because that's a good two-way street, helping each other out. Well, Dean, is there anything else you wanted to add today? Writing to me is like being a boxer. It's very lonely and you got to keep fighting because that's what I've learned. And just, again, I think I got the problem twice or third time's a charm though, right? <laughs> and just, I just want people to be honest with themselves and others and just don't ever base the love for yourself or your self-worth on others' evaluations. Mm, that's great advice. Well, Dean, wow, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing a little bit about yourself and your work. Uh, it was a pleasure to learn more about you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today for my interview with Dean Blankenship, author of Looking Inwards for a Better Life. You can learn more about Dean and his work at hopesanddean.com. And be sure to check out our other interviews on InsideScoopLive.com. <laughs>